Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to read today from Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 21. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, a couple of days ago, it must have been New Year's Eve, uh, we, were, we were pulling into my house um, and it was dark, the Christmas lights were on, and one of my kids, she was in the back seat, and uh, she said something uh, kind of random, uh, something like, uh, I forget the exact phrase, but something like, well, we'll never see this again. And uh, I was like, all right. Uh, <laughs> do you know something I don't know? I don't know. Uh, then, you know, a few minutes later, she's like, well, this is the last time I'll say this, or, uh, and, you know, we kind of keep going through. I'm not paying her much attention, uh, which is common, but... Uh, uh, she's like, well, again, later, we'll, we'll, we'll never be here again. And uh, it just kept it up, comments like that throughout sort of as we would kind of walk through our nighttime routine, getting ready for bed. And um, it dawned on me, I figured it, it took, I was a slow on the uptake, but it took me a minute. She was like, this was her closure to 2021, right? She would never, she's, you know, I'll never be, this is the last time this year I'll be in this moment, right? We'll, we'll never have this hug again, you know? And her sister's kind of like, ugh, you know, and then she's just making fun of her the whole time. I'll never be here again. I'll never be here again, right? Um, it was a humorous moment, I, I suppose, you know, a rather existential moment for a nine-year-old, but uh, it's just kind of processing the, the turn of the calendar from 2021 to 2022. And as, as we think about this morning, as I thought about what I wanted to share with you guys, as I've been thinking about it, I do feel like, you know, this is a time of year we want to infuse it with meaning, right? We, we, we want it to, to mean uh, something. We, we take time, maybe like my daughter, ho- hopefully uh, the way you articulate it maybe is a little bit different, but you look back over the year and reflect, and we did it as a family. We were, we were just going to kind of casually at dinner, man, you know, it's, it's going to be a new year, you know, and what have been some highlights of the year, and they were sharing, and, uh, you know, what's been challenges, we started to write some down, and uh, one of my daughters was like, do not, I don't want to remember that, right, don't write that down, but we're like, no, you know, this is, this is the life that we've lived, and God has brought you through this, and been faithful, and, and, and you've made it, you know, and, you know, we, we want to, this is a moment we, we, we want, um, we want to, to matter in a sense. We celebrate and, and sometimes grieve and think about the year we've had, but we also uh, anticipate, right, kind of what's around the corner, right? We, we, uh, it's a moment where we celebrate resolve, right? That's some of us, not all of us. Some of us, my resolve this year is simply to limit dessert to, to one meal a day instead of after all three meals of the day, which I didn't know was not a thing. I just assumed everyone did that. But, but right, we, we celebrate resolve and, and, and we, we, we dream and we make plans and, and goals. And, 
and look to the future. And uh, I've been thinking about this, that sort of feeling as I think about the church, uh, our church, Park City, as a church, a group, but also us as individuals here, members of a community. I, I, I do think uh, a bit of the passage we read, kind of the last phrase, phrases there, those last couple of verses, they, they, they feel kind of tailor-made for a moment like this. Um, right, it's it, Paul's writing, and in these last two verses, verses 20 and 21, he just erupts in like praise, like poof, just kind of pours out. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You'll hear those words again this morning, but but they feel kind of tailor made for this moment, right? When you think as you look to the future, you dream, you plan, you hope, uh, you anticipate, uh, you long for. I mean, to hear uh, praise to the one who is able to do abundantly more than all that we could ask or think uh, feels, you know, kind of tailor-made for this space. But, but I, I want to suggest to you, how, however that verse may apply to all the things we set our hands and hearts to this year, and it certainly does have application to those dreams and purposes and plans and goals that we set, I, I want to ask you to consider with me for a moment its context. And uh, that when, when Paul erupts in praise here, uh, there is something specific he has in mind when he thinks about God's power to do abundantly more than we could ask or think, a very specific uh, context, if you will. So this is Paul uh, writing to a group of Christians and a, a prayer. Um, we're, we're picking up a, a prayer that uh, eavesdropping, in a sense, on his prayer for this community. And I just want to make a couple of observations uh, about that prayer this morning, and then I want to pray. Uh, and uh, I'll ask you to, to, to join me as we eavesdrop on Paul praying. I'll invite you to eavesdrop on me praying, and then you can eavesdrop on each other however you want to throughout the week ahead. But, uh, but Paul is praying here as a pastor for a community that he cares deeply about. Uh, he, he had spent a good deal of time on his missionary travels with this particular church, a long time over the course of his travels with this particular church, and developed some really deeply pastoral uh, connections of love and community with them. In fact, you'll, you'll bump into this group uh, in, in some of the other stories in the New Testament in Acts that, that, uh, that a really tearful kind of goodbye. Paul wanting to revisit them but saying, I, I, maybe I shouldn't because I know if I come, it'll be really hard to leave and I'm going to want to stay longer than I should. I have other places to go and kind of meet him halfway at this tearful sort of parting. Man, they're having a good time in there. Happy New Year. Woo! Right? Um, so this is Paul, kind of has this deep connection to this group of people. And so out of that sort of pastoral care, uh, we, we find him kind of pinning this, this prayer. And it's probably obvious why perhaps this has some resonance for me. I, I, I'm kind of drawn to this prayer as I think about you guys, as I think about us as a church, um, as I have prayed for and will pray for you in the year ahead. I found myself coming back to this prayer. I'd been reminded of it recent, recently, some things I'd been reading, and then had gone back to things I'd read uh, um, much longer ago that kind of, again, it pulled me into this prayer of Paul for uh, his church, the church that he had planted, God's church, but this community that he had such deep love and affection for. And uh, it's, I, I just want to pull you into how I'm thinking about it this morning as I think about you guys. So I, I just want to make a couple of observations. And the first one, uh, <laughs> I feel like we should just yell back at them, be like, we're having more fun than you, but uh, <clears throat> we don't have to prove it because we know it. Uh, <laughs> 
So the first observation is the content of Paul's prayer, right? I, I, it's, it's, I think it's worth noting uh, what he prays for. And he prays for other things in other places, but of all the things he could have prayed for in the heart of this letter, this beautiful passage is probably familiar to you. We know the, have the height and breadth and width and depth of Christ's love for us, this beautiful image, eloquent language, that of all the things he could have prayed for them, he's, he's, he's praying that God would give them power. They'd have God's power to know uh, love, Christ's love specifically. Right? Of all the things he could have prayed for here, I think it's worth noting uh, that he prays for them specifically to know the love of Christ, right? Not uh, proper doctrine, certainly very important, right? Not, um, uh, you know, a, a greater ability to identify sort of things that are untrue, obviously very important. Lots of ethical instruction will come later. He's done lots of theology on the front end. Uh, but here in this moment, sort of the hinge in this letter, he prays for them, this beautifully eloquent, sort of rapturous kind of prayer. And his prayer for them is they would know the love of Christ. Again, it seems like a s- small thing, but I think it's just worth saying uh, as Paul prays for this early group of uh, Christians trying to figure out what it means to follow a crucified Messiah in a world where it would be ludicrous and perhaps still is to do so, his prayer for them in the midst of that context is that they would know, they would know the love of Christ. Again, simple, obvious, but worth mentioning. I'll make a second observation uh, about this prayer. Um, it's interesting to me that, that not just that he prays that they would know the love of Christ, but he admits in this prayer that they will need the supernatural help of God and his power to know that love. Right? That, that for them to, to, to know in the sense of like apprehend and experience it in their lives, that for, for them to even know the, uh, this love that is so expansive, it will take uh, the supernatural help of, of God the Father, which I think is a, another sort of interesting observation that this isn't a, a kind of, uh, I don't know, I think it steers us away from like a, a kind of mushy sentimentality that, well, God loves everyone. And, and yes, God's love is expansive in that sense. And, uh, you know, this is but it kind of uh, drifts towards a kind of just sentimental, uh, undefined kind of love. Or the kind of the other extreme that, well, I mean, I'm a pretty likable guy, right? I, I think I'm pretty lovable. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not so hard for me to believe that God loves me. You could talk to Jess and maybe hear the truth of how challenging it might be to love someone like me. But, uh, but, but uh, you know, it, it kind of uh, speaks to sort of both ends of that spectrum. It says, know that to know this love, the love of Christ, in all of its expansiveness is, is to require the supernatural help of God's power, his spirit at work in you, right? That this is a specific love, a love specifically for sinners and sufferers, and, and a love that, that, that moved Christ to take uh, our cross upon uh, himself, Right? It, it is particular for Paul, wrapped up in the story he, earlier in the letter, the mystery of, of Jesus and what he has done, a crucified um, Messiah. This love, a love for sinners, for us to know its reach, right? to, to really know that it reaches to us and beyond us, that to, to, to know it is, is to need the help of, of God. In verse 16, it's what he's praying, that God would grant you to be strengthened with the power of uh, through with power through his spirit, the power to know 
the love of Christ, to know its reach into your life and heart and mind, to know its reach beyond, right? To, to know it is to need the help of God, and, and it's to need the help of others. Verse 18, he says, that you may have strength to comprehend this lovely little phrase, with all the saints, with all the saints, that it's not a love we know in isolation. That to know the whole love of God is, is, to, is to know it with the whole people of God. That, that uh, it's not this, again, this sort of, sort of private experience of, of uh, well, God loves me. And, but it's, it's this uh, love that is known even in community. Right? That Paul would pray for the church, uh, for you, me, his listeners then, readers then, uh, us now. One that... It would need praying, right? We're Christians. Like, I feel like we kind of toss the love of God around. We're like, well, yeah, you know, God loves. Paul says, no, it, it, it's a matter of prayer for him that through the help of God and his spirit and power at work in you, you would know that you would know the love of Christ in community, in our hearts, that we would know the love of Christ. And, and, then, and then notice where he lands. This is my last observation. Uh, notice where he lands in verse 19. What's all this for? Right, he's praying uh, that they would know the love of Christ. It's breadth. It's, it's, it's larger than, than we are able to, uh, to contain, right? Larger than we can even really understand and comprehend. But why? And then in verse 19, he says, well, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, which, whew, is a loaded phrase, all sorts of imagery, Old Testament imagery here, the fullness and glory of God. There's a lot going on here, and, and, and at the risk of sort of oversimplifying or reducing it, perhaps, I think in some sense he's just praying that they would grow, they would be mature, that there would be a, a maturity in, in, in them, that, that a result of their knowing the love of Christ would lead to growth and maturity in their lives, which again, I think, is worth noting. That when you and I perhaps think of Christian maturity, of growth, I think we think of a lot of things, maybe, if we think about it. Maybe we think of like theology and doctrine. Maybe we think of education. Maybe it's experience or spiritual disciplines and, and growing in those things and, and habits and routines. Maybe it's traditions, right? And all these things are important, right? It's not to devalue all those things, but it's interesting to me that when Paul prays that they would grow to maturity, that, that, that the means uh, of that movement in their lives is very simply that their, their feet, their lives would be rooted and planted in the love of Christ, in God's work in their hearts to help them know the love of Jesus Christ. Again, of all the places he could have gone to, to, to call people into maturity and growth, and he will do all sorts of other particular things, but, but sort of the hinge here, the, the heart of the matter for Paul as he prays for these people whom he loves is that they would always and ever, always stay rooted in the love of Christ and that God would help them to know, to know it, to know its reach in their hearts and minds. Which, which brings me to, um, to the end, really. Um, I, I, I was thinking about sort of what to do this morning. I, I, had a, I had a couple of thoughts. One thought I had was kind of, I wanted to take the like trip to the new year kind of experience uh, and maybe walk it through with us as a community, right? Like maybe I could write you guys a letter, you know, dear, dear, I thought about reading it, right? Dear Park City. Uh, and, uh, you know, just 
write about uh, the things over the past year that have uh, led to gratitude and thankfulness in my life. Things that I'm, particular things that I'm thankful for, your faithfulness, your generosity, your friendship, your leadership, your influence, your presence in my life and in the life of my family and in the lives of one another, your service, all, all these kinds of ways in which I am thankful for uh, God's work in and through you, his love uh, being given expression in, in your lives. How about looking back? and being specific. Instead, I've been a little generic and only briefly glanced, all right? <laughs> uh, I thought about looking ahead, right? Kind of, you know, kind of dreaming about the future. What, what Park City, you know, what, uh, what does the next year look like for us? Man, it's been a wild couple of years for us as a church, for churches everywhere, for people. Uh, and, and I look back and I'm struck at God's faithfulness in the midst of it, but I, I'm also prompted to think about well, what does it look like to continue to be a community that grows, that, that lets the love of Christ sort of find expression in our lives and in our community. What, what does that look like? I thought about kind of talking and dreaming a bit with you. I'm not going to do that either, all right? You're like, what's he going to do? Just say amen already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, and there may be a time and a place for that as, as we think about, uh, you know, uh, what it means to be Park City, uh, what, what it will look like for us. And I'm excited about it. That's not to say those, that those are things I don't want to talk about. I, I think God has been at work and, and we are growing. And uh, I think there are some considerations to be made as we think and dream about uh, the future for us. Uh, but this morning, I think I thought I would, I thought I would try Paul's approach. And just pray uh, for you and for Todd and all the kids. Uh, I don't know that that's Todd. I said that. That could be Jess. She could be surprisingly loud. Uh, <laughs> but this morning, I, I just, I, I wanted to pray uh, and just invite you in, into uh, a bit of what my prayer uh, will look like over the coming year for you. I, I suppose in some sense, I don't want to make it more than it is. Uh, I know I'm a pastor and you think I only pray ever. And all of my speech is in the form of prayer. Uh, sadly, that's not so. Uh, but I do pray for you. And uh, I pray for us as a group and for you as individuals within this group. And uh, as I've been thinking about the new year, I, I keep coming back again, thankful for the reminder of this prayer from Paul. And I think this prayer will give shape to my prayer for you in the coming year. Uh, again, you as individuals, as families, as friends, but also us as a church. So what I want to do this morning is I'm, I'm going to pray uh, and, and then we're going to take communion and close with a song, a reminder of the assurance of God's love for us in Christ. So why don't we take this moment, go and open our cup, uh, kind of, and you can uh, just we'll kind of get through this uh, bit here and then uh, just hold on to it and, and uh, in just a moment we'll eat and drink together. They're singing the hallelujah chorus in there. Uh, I really want to answer them sort of call and response style, but I won't do that. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to pray for you. If you want to close your eyes, great. If you want to bow your head, if you uh, want to watch me read the prayer that I have written for you this morning, that's fine as well. But uh, uh, this is my prayer uh, for us and for 
God, I pray this morning that uh, by your power, uh, the power of your spirit at work in our lives and in our hearts, in our community, that you would help us to know the love of Christ. I pray for you this morning, Park City Church, uh, as you begin a new year. Maybe some of you begin full of energy and focus and potential. Maybe some of you begin this year tired. Perhaps some of us begin maybe not too bothered as one year folds into the next and the next. That however we step into this new year, by God's power, may you know, by God's power at work in you, may you know the love of Christ for you. As you begin new relationships or relish old ones, celebrate friendships and anniversaries and new births, new family members, that God, by the power of his spirit at work in you, would help you to know the love of Christ for you. As you hold broken or neglected or maybe fractured relationships in your life, trying to hold them together, may you know by the power of God's spirit at work in you, the love of Christ for you. As you work to serve your community and your neighbors, to make the world around you a slightly fairer and more just place for others, perhaps even for others who may be very different from you, may you by the power of God's spirit at work within you know the love of Christ for you. As you wrestle with old sins and regrets or ones yet to be experienced, May you in that moment know the power of God's spirit working in you to rest in the love of Christ for you. As you adjust to new seasons of life, careers, retirement, kids, grandkids, teenagers, all sorts of new spaces in your life, may God in his power help you to know the love of Christ for you as you succeed at parenting and fail repeatedly. When your kids exceed your expectations and when they let you down and when you let them down, may you, through the power of God's spirit at work within you, know the love of Christ for you and for them. When you nail that resolution even better than you'd imagined, achieve that goal and make that deadline and when you come up short may you know the love of Christ for you when you're ashamed perhaps of a response to a spouse or a friend or a sibling or a child or a parent or a neighbor or a co-worker may you know the power of God's spirit at work within you the love of Christ for you as you carry sickness, maybe your own, or the care of others within your sphere, may you know the love of Christ for you. When how you thought this year would go and how it's actually going don't quite add up, may you know the love of Christ for you. When the loudest voice in your life is perhaps the cruelest, when your inner critic is sharp and biting and relentless, playing upon insecurities, may you know the power of God's spirit drawing you into the love of Christ for you. 
when, though we are rarely admit it, are feeling, when you are feeling particularly self-assured or self-righteous, when you feel like you deserve it, in that moment, may you know the love of Christ for you. And when you know that you don't, when you can't possibly believe that it could be true of you, by the power of God's spirit at work within you, may you know the love of Christ for you. In the coming year, when you know pain or grief or loss, and when you know joy and laughter and mirth, may you know the love of Christ for you. When yours is a heart and mind at rest, and when it is disquieted, may you know the love of Christ for you. When you know and experience the richness of community, and when you feel alone by the power of God's Spirit, may you know the love of Christ for you. In prayers that you have prayed for too long, prayers you carry in the interior of your life where words often fail or where words have grown tired and overused and empty, may you know the love of Christ for you. When you're tired or done or ready to quit, when strength is gone, and when you're alert and excited and focused and moving, may you know the love of Christ for you. As you hold work and faith together by the power of God's spirit at work in you, may you know the love of Christ for you. When your kid or coworker or friend or neighbor asks you a question to give a reason for the hope that you have and and you know that you've blown the response, (laughs) may you know the love of Christ for you and for them in the midst of conflict or uncertainty, in a world divided, as you seek to make decisions full of wisdom and grace, in those moments, may you know the power of God's spirit at work within you to know the love of Christ for you. This is my prayer for you, for me, for our community, that whatever Park City Church is or becomes uh, in the year ahead, God, would you make us a place that people say every time they find themselves among us, cannot explain it, but here is a place where I have known the love of Christ. And God will know, will know that it's your power that has been at work, helping one to know a bit more of your love for us. God, that we would be a community of people, a church reliant upon the power of God to know the love of Christ, and that we would always come back here rooted and grounded that whatever maturity means for Park City Church and and all of its individual members, whatever growth God means for us, whatever maturity we manage to find, God I pray that it would be the kind that comes from hearts and minds and feet firmly planted in the love of Christ a love we cannot comprehend without your help a love for sinners suffers such as we are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.